Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, the mocks are starting to flow, the mock drafts, and it's not as intense a thing as it was last year when the Texans had picks 2 and 12 that turned into picks 2 and 3 the night of the draft. And that kind of is actually a decent segue into this one mock I did want to touch on yesterday. There, I look at all of them. I just like to see where things are going. I, I appreciate the great work of Drew Doherty of Texans TV, who's got his composite mock where he adds them all up together and says, this is what the, this is what the market is saying the Texans are going to do. These are some possibilities. Yeah. I, it's a, it's a, it is a good service that Drew is providing to us, Seth, with that composite mock. The, selfless is what it is. It's big time selfless. He yeah. doesn't even get paid for that part of his job. He does. He comes in on the weekends to do it. And I don't know that he gets enough kudos in the building. I got to take this up with Vandermeer. Vandermeer, give Drew more kudos for his composite mock draft. Um, I'm sure. Hang he, a banner, damn it. I'm sure he does. Um, as far as specific mock drafts, though, Seth, I will say this: moving forward. Anytime Daniel Jeremiah drops a mock draft, I'm going to click it and take special notice of it. Why? Because he was the one that the day before the draft last year said that the Texans would take C.J. Stroud at two and then they would trade significant draft capital to move up from 12 to three to draft Will Anderson. And by God, if that wasn't the exact thing, maybe not exactly the draft <laughs> capital. I don't think he yeah. had a first-round pick being mixed in as the, as the, well, plus the trade the fodder. Did, the Texans didn't know what the exact draft capital was going to be. You know, the, he so. just, Jeremiah just knew something was cooking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 There's no, uh, yeah. There's no way in hell he didn't. Right. right. So, so that's somebody who's pretty informed. I'm going to take his mock draft to be maybe not gospel, but more gospel than the other mockies out there. I think I think he's going to try extra hard to uh, maybe not look correct on this one this year. Damn I don't know. It. I don't. Okay. <laughs> he well, was a little too on the nose. I'm still going to be a sucker. Whoever I feel like that was. If that was a leak, I'm guessing it was a. Um, a commissioned leak? What's the word? An allowed leak? It yeah. Wasn't, it was, it sanctioned? Came from a sanctioned a sanction, leak? Sanctioned. That's the right word. Yeah. Thank you. That was a sanctioned leak, I think, probably from somebody that was, you know, uh, D'Amico and uh, Nick were probably <laughs> cool with it, if not one of the two guys doing it. Yeah. So, uh, but I wonder if they were like, hey, man, like, all right, like, could you have just... <laughs> right, right, right. Maybe like mix What the it. hell? Yeah. Like drop a player in there or something that, that we're trading obvious? to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was really close. So I say all that to say that he dropped his second mock draft. Version 2.0, Daniel Jeremiah is. Let's play that little game. Hey, Ben, do we have the sounder? We haven't used the sounder yet this year. Um, as to who the Texans take in one of these mock drafts. Give me a thumbs up when you got the sounder in there, Ben. The old, the old draft sounder in there. I'm paging down paging down the good news Ben is I can page down forever because the Texans don't pick until 23 in the draft um they have Cleveland's pick 
at 23. Um, so we sit. Is it hard to find, Ben? Did I put you in a bad spot? <laughs> there we go. With the 23rd pick in the Daniel Jeremiah mock draft, the Houston Texans select Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver boo, at LSU. Boo, boo, you know what's funny about this? You, you want to know what's funny about this, Seth? Is the yeah. commentary afterwards. And this is where I'm going to take Daniel. Jeremiah. I like Brian. I like Brian Thomas Jr. No offense. Yeah. Uh, I just don't. I don't. I, we've got we got a couple good receivers. I'd love to find a gem in this wide receiver heavy draft yep. in the second, third, or fourth round. Uh, I do. It's not what this team right this moment needs to become complete. I 100 percent agree with you. Here's what's hilarious about this and what one year can do and a quarterback can do. Remember last year when teams or are, are, uh, experts were rating position groups around the league. Yeah. And the Texans wide receiver group was 32nd in everybody. This this group is trash. They got nobody. <laughs> Poor young quarterback who's yeah. got to come in here and deal with this group. Oh, my God. This is Jeremiah's commentary about drafting Brian Thomas, an unknown who's never played a snap in the NFL, by the way. Bringing in Thomas to join Nico Collins and Tank Dell, Houston would rival any team in the league for best trio at wide receiver. Uh, when did... When did DJ become a hot take artist? <laughs> I don't. Well, because especially Brian Thomas is looked at as kind of raw. You know, like he needs polish. And if there's one thing about the Texan system, it's that you gotta you gotta be precise with your routes if you want to get playing time. So I, I I don't think it would be necessarily a slam dunk immediate best three wide receivers in the league. But yeah, it isn't. It is a sign of the times that last year. Oh boy. Bryce Young's just going to a better spot than C.J. Stroud. Dude. Nothing to, there's nothing good about C.J. Stroud's situation. And now it's, oh, well, he's already got two great wide receivers and they're, he's got an <laughs> offensive line. that's. <laughs> they're a raw rookie from LSU away from being the best trio in the NFL. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's I, where we are. And that's where, though, like, really, when you listen to Daniel Jeremiah himself, you know, he'll talk about how packed and loaded this draft is with wide receivers. Yeah. That there are just a lot of guys. And, you know, and, and probably one of those situations where just because other teams need other things elsewhere, guys that are our first-round talent are going to fall into the second round, et cetera, et cetera. I just, for this team right now, um, you know, if a guy's a clear-cut best player available and you can't trade back or something, then by all means, yeah, take that guy. But I'd rather look elsewhere than wide receiver right now. Yeah, there's one or two wide receivers that if they slip that far, I would I would certainly take a look at. Or if they or if the yeah. Texans got if they started to drift close to the Texans, like I love Keon Coleman from Florida State. Like if he got there, I would take him and then just go. You know what? We're just I, I think he's a great player. Um, in this mock that Daniel Jeremiah has, a couple noteworthy things. I think he's got four QBs going in the top eight. The three that have really separated themselves are Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels from LSU, Drake May from UNC, and obviously Caleb Williams, Heisman winner two years ago from USC. They're the they, they seem to be the the big three. And then JJ McCarthy from Michigan is sort of a a wild card in so much as I think it's expected he'll be a first round pick. But yeah. he's the one that has all sorts of um, draft season smoke around him right now. S Z N draft season smoke um, about there's a few teams that view him as a top ten quarterback, and Jeremiah's leaning into that here. He has him going eighth, I believe, in this particular draft. Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia. That's the other goes, one. 
goes 18th in this draft. Is that, yes, is that the one that caught your eye? Yeah. Yes, yes. That if he, yes. if he makes it to 18, yes. which would, like, as of right now, people think that's probably, that, that would be falling to 18. Yes. But if he made it to 18 or 19, I wonder if Nick would start getting fidgety and aggressive. It's exactly. To to dude, dude, the will, the, the, I'll say this. For the draft, at least, you know, I think free agency is different. Cap dollars are different than draft picks. The Will Anderson trade has basically made me think anything's possible when it comes to what Nick Casario is willing to do in the yeah. draft if he feels the player is impactful enough. And I'm telling you right now, Brock Bowers is impactful enough. If Brock Bowers is sitting there at 18, I would love to see Nick Casario make a move up from 23 to 18 to go get him. That's, that's a weapon I can get super excited about pairing with C.J. Stroud for the next however many years. Brock the Bowers, Brock ba- dude, Brock Bowers... Nico Collins, Tank Dell, and an upgrade at running back, like a veteran, like a, a Jacobs, Barkley, Henry running back. Holy cow. You know, that's that's something. That's weaponry. That's weaponry, friends. baby. I, that's what I want is weaponry. Hell I yeah. don't, boy. Uh, and, and that's where I find myself falling into, I think, is offensively. You've got this, you've got this young quarterback. You want to build around him. It makes sense that while while your young quarterback is on his rookie deal, um, you know, get him more and more weaponry that can grow with him. And if you're going to spend in free agency, spend on defense. And that's where it starts to starts. To, and maybe with the way this draft works out too, um, that 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 might be how it works. I could totally see them taking a wide receiver in the second round, uh, or, or going running back or something in the second or third round, mm-hmm. taking a tight end in the first round. But a lot of it's just going to depend on free agency. If they have, if they sign a defensive lineman or a couple of guys from the front seven, you know, if they sign a linebacker, a bigger name linebacker in free agency and a bigger name defensive end, yeah. then I think it's going to be a very offensively oriented draft. Oh man, be fun! I get excited about that. Yeah, I do too. this one in this draft, he doesn't. Uh, that Jerzon Newton, who's getting mocked to the Texans a lot, the defensive tackle yeah. uh, or the defensive lineman, he's not uh, drafted in the first round in this. Wow. Draft. Okay. Okay. As, far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I he wants to go by Jerry, is what I read yesterday. Uh, the Newton kid does? Yeah. He wants to go by Jerry. Why? Jerzon is a badass name. I know. Okay. All right. I don't know, man. If he wants to the do Illinois it. Illinois thing, I guess. If he, I wants, don't know. if he wants to do it, let him do it. A, yeah, you got a unique name like Jerzon. Yeah. And you, you decide to go with Jerry. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, like, how many Jerry Newtons are there in America? I would guess like 20,000. Mm hmm. There's, uh, there's probably only one Jerzon Newton, mm-hmm. and he just doesn't want to be unique. Apparently, I, yeah, that's a red flag for me. Yeah, that's a red flag. Um, Unless it turns out that his grandfather's name was Jerry or something, you then it's a, then it's a green flag. Right, right, right. Respect, uh, respect. Uh, if I recall, Seth, you and I are both on the side oh, of. He wants to go by Johnny Newton. John, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't, it feels like I don't, I don't know. It feels like a front porch sports tweet. I don't know. Um, so. Uh, you and I are both on the side that C.J. Stroud just dropped Amber Rose off at her hotel, right? Like, are you? Uh... Well, I feel like that's the only safe, that's the only fair thing to assume. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I think I think a lot of people just assume that because Amber Rose hopped in a car oh, for sure. with C.J. Stroud, then oh, they're definitely you know up to up to something yeah, more yeah. than just a polite ride home. At, yeah. At least half the hosts at this station, I think, think that. In, in... well, Lopez, after we got off the air on Monday. Lopez had turned it into that, like, as a matter of fact, that she had invited him up to his room. Right, right, and I'm like, right. I'm looking at everything I had read about it. Nowhere does yeah. the word, word room even uh, was, even come into it. It, it was a, I, yeah. 
They were going back to the hotel, which uh, like all these people were staying at. Like, yeah. uh, like she says the hotel, right. not my hotel. Right. It's the hotel. The bus was going to go to the hotel to take all the celebrity uh, appearances that that were staying at that hotel. Yeah. It was a um, it was a Lopez. That's just a fact situation for sure on Monday. Um, but we know let's you know let's extrapolate here and pretend like okay what if there is something going on with C.J. Stroud yeah. and Amber Rose because he would be stepping into a situation where you know she's got kids and she's got previous relationships and things like that. We know Russell Wilson stepped into a similar situation with Sierra, right? She had a kid with mm-hmm. Future, and Russell Wilson has been a, a, a by all by all accounts on social media, which is always a clear, accurate prism into what everybody's world looks like. Yeah, um, looks to be a pretty good stepfather to the kid, right? <laughs> Yeah, good stepfather for the kid, but maybe the worst possible stepfather for... Well, okay, not the worst possible. The worst possible would be if your kids were in a bad situation yes. like where you knew the guy was a jerk or something. But if the guy's going to be a good guy, yeah. if the stepfather of your kids, kids is going to be a good guy, yeah. I feel like uh, Russell Wilson might be the worst version of that. Maybe. Yeah. May- very corny, for sure. Um, so but, also, but also like a super rich football player. Yeah, too. yeah. Like a, I mean, you know they, your kids. Your kids are too dumb to know that he's corny yet. Yeah. So like the the danger is that your kids grow up corny. Right. Okay? Um. So the situation with CJ, Amber Rose has a kid with Wiz Khalifa, and uh, noted musical artist Wiz Khalifa. And okay, so what's that relationship like? Well, as it turns out, Wiz Khalifa. Uh, is a, is a really good dad. So that's so you're st- so CJ would be stepping into a nice functional situation here with the dad of of Amber Rose's biological kid. And how do I know that? Wiz Khalifa did a sit down interview with um, Bobby Altoff, who is a <laughs> who's who's oh, awesome. Sean, you're part of the machine that's promoting her. <laughs> well, I know, you're, I'm promoting. You're, yeah, yeah. This is really funny. Okay, this is funny audio, all right? This is Wiz Khalifa talking about how hard he works for his son. So what do you do for a living? My life is, like, literally revolves around my kid. I work for him. You work for him? Yeah. What's his job? No, I'm saying, like, I go to work so he can... Oh, I thought you meant you, like, work for him. Well, that's actually what you said, so of course I thought you meant that. He's the purpose that I work. He's He's the reason why I work. That's a better way to say it. That's why I go to work. Is well, you him. don't, yeah, but you don't work for your son. My son mm-hmm. inspires me to work. That's great. That's, <laughs> that's exactly how. That's not how I meant. Took it though. No, but yeah. when I said that I work for him, that's what I meant. I, now not I got like it. Like I physically get up and go to work for him. That's what I thought you meant, though. I can't do that. Why? He's eleven. Yeah, but. I don't know what rich people will do. Maybe your kid's like already doing something. He has like a brand or something, and you work for it. I could see that. When it's you say it like like, yeah. like that, cool. But in a normal world, parents don't work for their eleven-year-old children. <laughs> you don't live in a normal world. Okay. She, my brain is breaking over that. That's her shtick, everybody. She kind of like plays. Yeah, I didn't have enough time to explain Bobby Altoff. Yeah, the that's her thing. Yeah, she kind of like passive aggressively plays stupid into it's it's you you're you're gonna hate her and step and yet not be able to stop watching because it's I, hilarious. Dude, when, I yeah. got into a wormhole yesterday and I yeah. hated myself at the end of it's it. It's kind of like between two ferns, almost Very like much. that kind of dynamic yes. a little bit. Except that in between two ferns. 
the the guest is always in on it. It's Zach you know? Galifianakis, right? Yeah, 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 like where he's like playing an intentionally bad interviewer, but the <laughs> yeah. guest is in on it. Yeah, I don't know if the guest is always in on it. With, with I don't know, but she keeps just... getting amazing guests. I know. She had every rapper from like the last thirty years on there. I think sometimes they're in on it. I yeah. feel like Wiz Khalifa like understood the deal. I think sometimes she gets people that don't get it, dude. Um, but so he uh, he works for his kids. Yeah, metaphorically. Yeah. Um, or he works on behalf of his kids. I, I tell you, I did not see that one minute of audio ending up somewhere where Wiz Khalifa is like, eh, you make actually a pretty good point right there. Yeah. She goes, you know, you don't live in a normal world. You know? So, yeah, well, that was the thing I wondered about, too. I, I, when, when people are making a big deal out of it and thinking like, oh, no. Okay, there's the one side of it, which is, you know, CJ is a very spiritual dude. And, uh, and, and Amber Rose very openly lives a different kind of life. Yes. Um, you know, and just, you know, is not, not Christian whatsoever. Or anything right. so you you get nervous if your young quarterback who is a paragon of of a certain value set mm-hmm. it might be going like that, that could be a lot of change or something that maybe the fan base doesn't want to see right yes so there's that but on the very like I don't think she's ever had a reputation of like a Kardashian where athletes date them and it seems like their careers turn for the worse while they're dating the Kardashians I like I I, I so I I think that Wiz Khalifa, for instance, is one example. Yeah. I mean, uh, who else has she dated? Kanye. Kanye was doing fine for a while. Yeah. It was after he got mixed up with a Kardashian yeah. that everything went. I that can't blame the Kardashians for that. Yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> there's a, okay, there's a limit. Yeah. Like we can have fun for it with it for a little bit, but I, uh, yeah, I don't think she ruins careers and lives yeah. the way some other women repu- re- re- reputedly do. Does she? If she does, We'll hear about it on the text page and in the YouTube chat for sure. Yeah. All right. Is this the classic example of an NBA Nepo baby? Former Rocket, actually. We've got that for you coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. There was a time uh, several years ago where a battle online between two former Duke basketball players I would have taken great pleasure in just watching the two of them bloody each other, you know, uh, figuratively, uh, like watching two ex-girlfriends go at it in a cat fight and just, you know, rooting for both of them to wind up passed out on the floor. Mm. Um, J.J. Redick and Austin Rivers, at one time, not not two of my favorite guys in basketball. And yet, through the course of his post-playing career, I've grown to like J.J. Redick as a broadcaster and a podcaster. I think he's very good. Austin Rivers, when he got here, you realize, like, oh, wow, okay. That's so this bad. Gets- this is not the spoiled little rich kid that I thought he was well, necessarily. Yeah, uh. till yesterday. <laughs> um, so here's what happened. What happened was um, JJ Redick, who used to play for Doc Rivers with the Clippers for a long, long time. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Um, J.J. Redick was on uh, first take yesterday. And Doc is a big topic right now. I don't know how closely you guys are following, but Doc took over for the Mil- for uh, uh, Adrian Griffin in Milwaukee 10 games ago. They fired Adrian Griffin even though he had like the second best record in the Eastern Conference Things just weren't going well behind the scenes. Doc Rivers had kind of inserted himself as a consultant with the Bucks to kind of help them through this thing. And then, Ooh, lo and behold, slide. he becomes the head coach. Yeah, yeah. that's a good spot to be. Boy, and there was a podcast <laughs> clip I saw yesterday where, where Doc totally southern belted. He was on some podcast. He's like, I was just as surprised as anybody that they called me to be the head coach. <laughs> I love where – I would love the – in my mind, I picture just him coming in and giving his meeting – where he's breaking it down to the brass and the owner, where he's like, you know, I just, I fought against this. I really, I just, I just, I, I examined all the other alternatives, and I just, I just feel, I really didn't even want to come to this conclusion, but I think I'm the only guy that can handle this, you know. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I, I will grudgingly accept this I mean, job. I yes. went through 20 different scenarios, and this is the yeah. one I think is best. So he's taken over. They're three and seven since he took over, so that's a big part of this story. The bigger part is Reddick versus Austin Rivers, in my opinion. Like, the, what happens with the Bucks happens with the Bucks. Doc apparently had some quotes following a game uh, or during the All Star break that showed a complete lack of accountability in the eyes of one J.J. Reddick. Here's J.J. Reddick on first take going off on Doc Rivers. Side note, real quick no one's going to react to Doc's audio there. We've been here yeah, seven heard, minutes oh. since we showed that audio. Nobody's going to react to Doc's audio. Do you want me to get it oh, Doc, hey, for you? He's Look, doing, he's you don't have to repeat it. I, I, we don't have to repeat it. I can repeat I, I've it. seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no. <laughs> there's never accountability with that guy. Well, there's never say, accountability. It's a pretty strong opinion for a coach that you played for for a number of years. He's just well, and especially because he. He needed to – he was like, hold up a second. Yeah. There's something i got to talk that about. That was not on the that format, they had, right? They had moved on from for uh, for a long time. It's yeah, great. Like, hold on a second. It's awesome audio. It's great audio. Now, Austin Rivers was um, – Austin Rivers was on ESPN later in the day, I believe, on their NBA-specific show on there, and he he took up for daddy. First off, I don't feel responsible to take off for my dad. He's a grown man. He could do his own thing. Uh, but in this regard, I just simply don't agree with it. Um, for someone who's not accountable, he seems to always be held responsible, considering he's the guy that's always fired when things don't go right. <laughs> he got fired in the bubble uh, for a 3-1 lead versus the Denver Nuggets, which in half his team didn't want to be there. They had players saying that their mind wasn't there. They had guys leave. 
That happened. Then he gets fired for losing to a team that was favored over him, which was the Celtics last year. Um, it seems like he's always responsible. It's just a strange coming from J.J. And I have some love for J.J. You're my dookie. You know that. You're my bro. I love you. Um, it's just your best years were with the Clippers. I don't think he saved your career. I appreciate you, Pat. But I don't think it – I mean, I, this just seems a little bit weird. They're, they're 3-7. and seven. Dame has missed most of those games. Middleton's missed a lot of those games. They haven't even had their full team yet. We'll see what happens. The pressure is there. They do have to perform. But in terms of accountability, like, what, what are we doing here? Your best years in the NBA were when you played for him in the Clippers. Let's not – Forget that. I don't know if there's like frustration there or there's tension there between you. I know a lot of times we had to sit you towards the end of the game due to defensive reasons, but you had your best years as a starter there, especially our whole system was drafted around you because you're a shooter. You're not a guy who could put the ball on the floor. You were a strictly shoot guy. You're not like Clay Thompson or Steph who could put the ball on the floor. You were a guy who could catch and shoot, and you did it at a high level. Hell of a career, by the way. Big fan. But your best years were under him. It's just very ironic and kind of weird that you have this energy towards him in terms of him never, ever being accountable, considering he's always been responsible. One quick clarification. The Pat he's referring to there, Austin Rivers, said, Pat, I love you. Yeah. I don't think you saved J.J.'s career like you said. Patrick Beverly came in off the top rope amidst this whole thing at J.J. Reddick saying, that dude saved your career, Doc Rivers did, to, to well, J.J. Reddick. Yeah, and there's, there's more on that. But as far as Austin Rivers' comments goes, uh, I, I actually thought <clears> – <throat> I think he like he knew he had to hold back a little bit because obviously he's going to defend his father. Um, I I do like the distinction he makes between like saying like well he was held responsible for these things he was fired for all of this so regardless of what he says in his press conferences what have you and at the same time he was kind of making excuses for why he was fired yeah. too so like okay the guy's not being responsible or acting uh, conducting themselves properly in the bubble okay you're the head coach yeah that's your team and that's like, the conduct you're getting out of him um losing to a team he got fired after losing to a team that he was not favored to beat like okay yeah but they want a coach that has a team that maybe is favored to win or yeah. has an upset or what have you so i he was making excuses for his dad but also pointing out that he is he was fired for these things he was i he's what austin rivers is doing here by the way like austin rivers like anytime it has anything to do with him and his dad austin rivers played in the league 11 years he made more than $3.5 million in a season, three years in his career, and it was the three-year, $35 million contract that his old man gave him. So anytime it has to do with the Rivers family, I go in with a huge side-eye going into this whole thing. But he does this thing where you're pointing out the straw that broke the camel's back as if it's the sole reason why he got fired. Like He, he, he was in the bubble, and guys didn't want to play, and guys left the bubble, and he lost the playoff series. Okay, what about the Rocket series in 2015 where he coughed up a 15-point lead to a Rocket team that didn't even put James Harden on the floor in the fourth quarter? You know, what about all the other yeah. playoff failures that led to Chris Paul saying, I got to get out of here. <laughs> you know, like, I, I got to get out of this Doc Rivers thing here because it is just a cesspool of postseason failure. Like, that's those are the straw that broke the camel's back. There's several reasons why somebody gets fired, ultimately. Nice. I still feel like Reddick's got something going. But then when Pat Beverly jumped in, yeah. he, he said to J.J. Reddick, he said on X.com, this man Doc actually saved your career, started you when no one else wanted to, and you retire, go on TV, and say that. To which J.J. Reddick responded, Pat, my guy, Ooh, I had a four-year offer with a player option for the same money to be a starter for a different team. FOH saved my career. Mm-hmm. 
And then Beverly says, why didn't you take it then? You was comfy in your role with the team. And don't just say L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like that, I don't know what even Pat Beverly's. Uh, <sighs> I, don't, I, don't, I would disagree that, that Doc Rivers saved J, <laughs> J.J. No. Reddick's career somehow. No, that no. Reddick didn't have any other options. Well, and even if J, the fact that J.J. Reddick played his best ball for Doc Rivers doesn't mean he's not allowed to have an opinion of Doc Rivers' accountability. Like it doesn't. Yeah. You know, like that that's not something that gives Doc Rivers immunity from uh criticism of of former players. Boy, JJ used my guy. You know where that is, Seth. Right on my list of things that annoy me that I keep You're on like my, my phone. guy, huh? Yeah, oh, I hate my guy. Condescending. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Isn't it? It is rough, man. That is one of those things when somebody says my when guy. Somebody says my guy to you. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's hard to be mature. Yes. Yeah, it's hard to not that's get a bad triggered one. by that. Uh, yeah. Pat, my guy. <laughs> You are most <laughs> definitely. Uh, I'm not your guy right now. What are you talking about? You're coming after me. I'll tell you My what. Guy. You know what? You know what else gets me? Yeah. And I, this is from uh, like if I expect more of somebody. Yeah. When somebody says, "Are you kidding me?" Like if they have a nice argument about something, but then at the end they say, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, well, "Why'd you have to say are you kidding me?" Right. Like that's not, I'm not even sensitive about it. I'm like, uh, "No, like okay, you're, you're trying to put together an argument, and like, are you kidding me?" Is the polite way to say, "Oh, you're an imbecile. Mm-hmm. You're just an imbecile that would believe that." Yeah. Yeah. I haven't uh, – somebody that I exchange emails with from time to time who la- ended his last email. Are you kidding me? Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't looked at his emails since. Okay. I, uh, he's, he's dead to me for the moment. I'm going and checking right now to see if it was me. It wasn't you. It okay. wasn't you. All right. Yeah. Um, so Austin Rivers on our Nepo baby scale, pretty high up the food chain, do we think? Like I, that, I, it retroactively got me angry that Doc Rivers gave his son a contract that was a complete outlier. Uh, for his career, I'm torn on that. It's I'm like a I'm birthday torn on it gift with, with Nepo babies because, like, okay, what's the kid supposed to do? Turn down any and all help from his parents? I don't know. I don't. I used to really bear a grudge against them, but then you look at I don't know, like Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is a guy who took advantage of like opportunities he had specifically because of his father, like going to work for his father um, in Washington. But I do think like Kyle at that point had other opportunities too. But he definitely got a foot in the door because of it. And yet at the same time, I feel like he's one of those guys that's like driven to to prove that he's like – as good or better than his father, mm-hmm. you know, not in a psychotic way or anything. So I, I don't know. It's like it's one of those things in life that's not fair, and yet at the same time, he had a lot of exposure to the game in a way that nobody else does. And I think Kyle Shanahan sees the game differently, yeah. because of that. So I'm open to it. Okay, in sports. He's good yeah. at his job, Kyle Shanahan. Austin Rivers was not worth 11 million a year. That's what I. That's what it boils yeah. down to for me. All right. Um, can Antonio Pierce, new full time head coach of the Raiders? Take some lessons from D'Amico Ryans. That is next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents. Pain and Pendergast. All right, there's different ways you can say kind of the same thing. There's, you know, in the NFL, maybe it's nice yeah. to be a little delicate if you're talking about, you know, playing physical with one of the star players, the marquee faces in the league, right, Seth? I, yeah, yeah. Look, and I'm, I, the, I know what you're saying. I'm going to have a really, really hard time criticizing Antonio Pierce or even suggesting that he should have framed anything differently than what he did. He was on. Max Crosby's podcast, um, this was Super Bowl week or just after the Super Bowl, I guess. And uh, I'm going to play a clip. This is the first thing that he said that got Florio all up in a tizzy. But this is the little tidbit that Florio thinks the league has to step in and take action about. We got to win the division first, man. We got to knock off the team in red. They've been dominating for seven years. We got to knock off the head of the snake. 15. Yeah. So 15, obviously, being Pat Mahomes. 15 is yeah. Mahomes' jersey number, right? That's, that's Max Crosby and a couple other guys. I, I think one of whom might have been another Raiders player. I don't know. Okay. On the Max Crosby podcast. The guy's grunting uh, in the background. But that's yeah, that's, it sounds okay. like there's some Raiders fans in attendance like in the crowd because oh, you're yeah? going to hear a few a little cheering here and there. Um, so that's the one. That's this classic case of the it looks a lot worse in transcript. Yeah. And that knock off the head of the snake. That part is where people start to get touchy about it because of the whole Greg Williams. Um, that was affect some of the verbiage the he used. Affect the head, yeah. But yeah, here, to be clear on Greg yeah. Williams, he was literally talking about human heads. Literally <laughs> talking about there were bounties involved, yes. for one. Here's, okay, here's Florio wondering whether the NFL will step in. Will it get the league's attention? I asked the league. The league had no comment. <laughs> it's the kind of thing that in the past has gotten the league's attention. Gerard Warren... <laughs> When he was with the Browns in 2004, said of Ben Roethlisberger, then in his rookie year with the Steelers, kill the head and the body dies. And the league sent out a strongly worded warning to the Browns. So I can't imagine the league not making the point to the Raiders, either now or as they get ready to play the Chiefs. <laughs> right, right, narc. right. He's, he's a narc. He's such a... I went to the league. Is, yeah. I called the league. Said, are you aware that one of your coaches was using a metaphor? Oh, thank God <laughs> about the whole point. that's the whole thing, like killing that. I like at what point does the metaphor stop? Like he's not actually advocating that you rip off the head of no, Pat Mahomes. No, no. Uh, well, that's a damn metaphor about you got to take care. You got to hit the quarterback and take him out of the game. Yeah. Not you know, not necessarily by injuring or whatever. Yeah, but just making it really difficult for him to operate. This all started, and the reason that quote came about, yeah. Because I, I went back and watched the whole episode. Florio could tell used like the first snippet of uh, of, of the podcast where they mm-hmm. showed some of the highlights. This was Antonio Pierce, who you'll recall led the Raiders to a victory over the Chiefs on I think it was Christmas Eve, right? Christmas Eve, or I don't Christmas remember. Day, yeah. Um, big victory, yeah. Uh, but this is like, and this is where I started getting pumped up, and this is where I started to see why Antonio Pierce got this job. Yes, this was. 
one of the this is him talking about getting ready for that Chiefs game that week. We already given a recipe of how to do it. These guys know what it's like. And Max know exactly how we built up that week, what I was doing to build up that week, right. to hate the color red. <laughs> like, we, we saw red, we hate red. Yeah, that's right. mm-hmm. Like, it was on that kind of level, yeah, right? Yeah. And I told him there's a difference between dislike and hatred. Mm-hmm. There's a hatred for the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, you got to yeah. truly dislike and hate this individual team. So, so there, and then he, he talked about showing different, he showed Muhammad Ali uh, a fight. He showed another, an, an MMA fight. Like, yeah. he was getting them hyped to hate the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, old school Chiefs versus Raiders hatred. You, it was good stuff. You would like playing for Antonio Pierce, I guess. Yeah, I was really starting to feel it. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is why he got this job. Yep. This is Mark Davis feeling like, oh, Al Davis would love this crap. Yep. And then, uh, but and this is where the, the buildup into the effect of the head stuff. This is the <laughs> excuse one. Excuse me, biting the head off the case. This is Antonio Pierce on um, just how they would go about making life uncomfortable for Pat Mahomes. Yep. We got the Jordan rules, and we, I'm calling now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. Mm-hmm. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his Anytime he came to the hole, elbows, yeah. filling yeah. them, love taps. We touched them. We in the head mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. Mm-hmm. So I show those guys Jordan getting his whooped. Yeah, Flo- Florio's, uh, this is the weird part of the whole Florio thing to me with this is yeah. he's attacking the wrong thing. Like, the head of the snake thing is just a metaphor. We use right. it all the time when we talk about Bill Belichick's tactics with what he tries to do defensively against opposing teams, which is cut off yeah. the head of the snake. Take yeah. away the thing that makes their offense go. And the thing that Florio should have been honed in on was that last one we just played, because that's the one that's openly saying we are going to physically do things to Patrick Mahomes. You know what, though? though? No, but again, I disagree. Because you know what happened in that Christmas game where that was the build-up to it? Like, right there, Antonio Pierce is describing everything that they did in that week building up to that game in which they beat the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a single unsportsmanlike conduct, illegal hit, unnecessary roughness, roughing the quarterback, anything like that. There was nothing. They played a physical game. They got after Pat Mahomes. Yeah. They, they ended up, like, it got really dicey in the fourth quarter. And like they played clean football, yep. like it's still it's it's still legal to hit the quarterback. Like it's still legal to harass the quarterback and get after the quarterback. Florio's like trying to trying to dime out Antonio Pierce for asking his guys to play football. Yeah, no, I I agree with what you just said. I'm, I'm saying as far as the things that Pierce said that could be the most caustic. Yeah, the Jordan rules one is way more than the head of the snake thing. But you're you're citing the bad boys Pistons as the blueprint for what you want your team to be. Yes. And anybody who I'm cool with it. I, that's the part where I can see why the ghost of Al Davis is yeah. thrilled that Antonio Pierce is the head coach of his team because he's talking about in an NFL that's getting continually softer. He's talking about having a team that's hard, about yeah. having a team that's going to be physical, about having a team that's going to go up to Goliath and kick Goliath in the nuts. Um, and so, like anybody who watched those Pistons Bulls games back in the days, those were not love taps to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was sent sprawling when he would go to the hoop. You know, like that's so that's the part for me. Yeah, I think the whole thing's silly with Florio. Like the league needs to say something about like whatever. I think it's cool. I think Pierce could probably take if, if he's not trying to draw attention. Maybe he's trying to draw attention. D'Amico Ryan's is very similar to Antonio Pierce. He was very D'Amico. similar. Of the three guys who got suspensions for for illegal hits this year, two of them were on the Texans. 
Like it was, yeah. yes, this is exactly the type of play that like D'Amico wants his dudes to physically punish the the opponent. He talks about it. Yes. He talks about it. he wants to be sure that they're that, that the opponent knows they played the Texans the next day. Yes, that they wake up sore and and beat up and everything. But you're right. He he knows where to draw the line in terms of talking about it publicly. To where it's not like an old NFL films or something uh, that that the league's gonna flag or start to take note of or anything. Yeah, and they just like they, yeah, he does the same thing but with a smile on his face. Yes, and uh, and like they get that style of play out of guys. Do, it's 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 kind of cool when when they've had dust ups this year and D'Amico gets asked about them after games, he doesn't hate them. <laughs> he does he does not yeah. he does not I'm, like I remember specifically this isn't one that necessarily got physical. Um, but it was a dust-up in that Denver game where Singleton, the linebacker, kind of gave C.J. Stroud a little shove after the play, and C.J. whipped right, right back around, got up in his face, and then it turned into a bunch of guys coming over and yeah, and, yeah. And, and taking up for C.J. and so forth. Um, D'Amico was asked about that after the game, and it looked like he lit up like he just walked down the stairs at Christmas and saw the presents under the tree. Yeah, and there's also, like uh, again, one key difference between both Antonio Pierce D'Amico Ryans and Greg Williams is that they're not offering money to injure the other players. Like that needs there's to no be bounties noted. involved. Yeah. You know, plus remember like Greg Williams would talk about attacking the outside ACL. Yeah. Like <laughs> he wouldn't talk about attacking the outside leg. It was attacking the outside <laughs> ACL on a runner. That was, uh, like, <laughs> that was some of the craziest audio that I can remember. That was nuts. A lot of that. Well, I mean, it was you know, hidden. Like it wasn't. You some... wanted a press conference or something. It was no, like, no. That was the audio, audio that was taken from, um, the the player there yeah uh the the for the documentary so i yeah i like i i'm i honestly it gets me excited for the next chiefs raiders matchup yes and it gets me i i'm pulling for antonio pierce because the enemy of my enemy is my friend and yet i i do very much wonder what they're going to do on offense with the raiders with luke getsy as their offensive coordinator and I, i don't know i don't know yeah well uh We'll see. They need a quarterback. Oh, we never talked about how about Garoppolo getting pinched for PEDs last weekend. You and I never got. Sounds to that. like it was the like if it's a two game suspension, that's usually for the Adderall, right? Or yeah, ADHD yeah. I, I, I'm not. You're more. It's familiar the, with the yeah. Like ADHD is a tricky designation where the the ADHD meds are, it's, it's tricky designation where like off season it's one penalty, in season it's another. It's not quite the same as uh, the, like a, a steroid suspension, but yeah. I feel like the Raiders brass were all like in their like in their war room or in their conference room just breaking down film. The GM's in there, coaches are in there, they're grinding, trying to get ready for the upcoming combine and the free agency and the draft. And you know, it's like any team that's trying to grind to get to be relevant again, it's a tough day. And then in walks one of the interns and said, "Hey guys, did you see Jimmy just got pinched because they still owe him a guaranteed eleven million before that. Right. They walked in. Some intern walked in and showed them the Schefter tweet about Garoppolo's PED, and they all threw papers up in the air. They said, "Fellas, day's over. Happy hours on me. We're going because that eleven point two five million no longer guaranteed yeah. because of that suspension. Yeah. It's um, big day for the Raiders." The two-game suspension, the policy violation is related to using a prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic use exemption. And, that feels uh, like Adderall. 
Yeah, that it usually is Adderall yeah. if that's what it is. There's not a lot of other performance enhancing things that a guy would take where you need to get a prescription or like that's allowed and everything. I don't like it's not Viagra or something like that. Right, right, right. It's not like he was taking some other drug without a prescription and he got caught. It's something that's got a perceived performance benefit. Hey, um, let me float a crazy. I, I, we got a text. It's clearly a Kansas City text here that they're asking about the uh, the Chiefs bringing in Jason so Kelsey. Some, Somebody accidentally texted us instead of the six ten up in. Yeah, yeah, it's an eight one six. Yeah, we have the same uh, same station number as our sister station up there, so we get occasional. I still don't know why it happens, but we get occasional texts from Kansas City people, um, and they say um, move Creed Humphrey to guard and bring in Jason Kelsey. I jotted this down on my free agent like wild ideas for free agency, and I don't think it happens. I think if Jason Kelsey plays another year, Jason Travis's brother, who's a future Hall of Fame center for the Pits, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a former teammate of D'Amico Ryan's. He's a free agent. Would you make a phone call to Jason Kelsey if you were the Houston Texans? Have him come in, provide a little leadership on the offensive line for a year, mentor Juice Scruggs, whatever? You... No. Okay. Because his, his wife said that she refuses to wear the jersey of any other team other than the Eagles. Than the Eagles? Okay. Yeah. That's a good She'll enough reason to wear a Kelsey shirt, but not another, uh, not another one. No, that would, be, that would be an interesting one, yeah. I don't... I guess he could be talked into it. I wonder. I don't know. I don't think it would happen. I think there's like a three percent chance of it happening. But you know, it's, I'm just kind of I'm spitballing because it, I think there's a lot of people out there that look at the offensive line and go, "We need to do something about this offensive line." And and they do. They weren't great last yeah. year, but the problem is they are so pot committed to at least three of the veterans and draft committed to a lot of these guys. But I feel like that's one that's a short term thing. Yeah. Um, and, and look, I don't think well, the Eagles. No, the I don't think the people... Eagles would let it happen. Well, the thing that people forget is that they, they only had two starters playing the whole season, not for the entire season. Like, they started off the year with four backups, and then they finished the year with three backups. Like, that's the I – mean, that's, that's and Juice Scruggs was playing guard. Theoretically, he's a starter, but at center. I don't – like, I've, he's just much better suited after watching him play to play center. I'm not – I'm not as I'm not worried that his performance at center is going to be like what it was at guard. Yeah. Um, so yes, the offensive line needs to improve, but I also think that you got to remember that that wasn't like the actual offensive line on paper that you planned on starting. The no, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think that to me, when I think of Kelsey, the biggest yeah. thing I think of is he brings actual leadership to the offensive line room as opposed to well, Laramie's our highest paid guy and we really like him. So therefore, he's our leader on the offensive line. You know, like yeah. Jason Kelsey feels like he brings true leadership. And I'm not saying Laramie's a bad guy or anything like that, um, but I don't know that he's the classic dog type of leader that you have on a really good offensive line. Yeah, I guess uh, I, the only thing I worry about with Kelsey is just I've seen that. Boy, I, what you would hope for is that it ends up being like. Um, the uh, Whitworth, Andrew Whitworth, who yeah. would look like, wow, boy, he's old. He's at the end of his, uh, he's at the end of his useful life, and then he ends up going and playing what five years for the Rams and yeah. doing really, really well. Um, I would hope that it, it could be like that. I just wonder because he doesn't, man. He, I worry about a guy that seems it seems like he's done playing. Yeah, and that's different than a guy that like is desperate to go off and get a championship or feels like he's just not done. Like, I don't want a guy who just decides to go in as an afterthought of one year and then it turns out to be like, oh, yep, you know what? I, it turns out I should have retired. Those are all year. fair points. I, I'm yeah. totally spitballing. I wasn't even going to bring it up, but I saw this Jason Kelsey text and we had a couple minutes till the top of the hour, so I thought I'd I float it to you. I don't know if we need more Travis Kelsey in our life. 
I feel like that would by proxy bring a little bit of it in, right? I'm not even like I don't expect him and Taylor to be together by next off season, so by next football season. Mm-hmm. So it's not, and that's not a that's not a, a criticism of Taylor Swift. That's actually a compliment to Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. I she hasn't been with she hasn't been with Travis Kelsey when he's not distracted by football sixty hours. Right, a week. right, right. I, so I think she's going to start to get a a dose of reality what? about what Travis Kelsey is actually like. The best part about being around Travis Kelsey was not having him around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like these marriages where if a, if a husband works 80 hours a week and then all of a sudden he retires and they're like, oh, wow. kind of a pain in the ass to be around. Yeah, yeah, yeah that it's happens. A, it's a mess. Happens yeah. a lot. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend over here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 